Good evening. I want to welcome you to Eagles Wing Church, and I want to welcome you to what we are calling on Wednesday night uh, a dose of hope. Uh, uh, we want to encourage you and, and, and also give you hope. Uh, I believe that uh, Jesus Christ is our hope, and so we want to, as a church, encourage you. If you're listening with us tonight, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in and, and encourage you to uh, uh, just... Uh, Relax a few minutes, take a deep breath. We're gonna we're gonna hear from God's word, and uh, before we start tonight, I, I wanna I wanna pray for us. And and one of the on Sunday, I, I prayed this particular Psalm, Psalms ninety one. Uh, I, I have a friend that calls it uh, the Christian's way to dial nine one one. It's also known as the the soldier's psalm. Um, in World War One, the ninety first brigade uh, recited this prayer daily. And they were in uh, uh, three of the war's bloodiest battles. Other units uh, suffered sometimes up to 90% casualties, but the 91st Brigade did not suffer a single combat-related death. Uh, I believe that God's willing and he's able to, to keep the words of his covenant with us. That's how God re relates to us is through covenant. And so uh, if we want to pray tonight, Psalms 91, I want to pray it over on all of us. I want to pray it over... Uh, our church family, those of you who are listening tonight, uh, we're going to confidently claim his rest, his refuge, his safety, his covering, his faithfulness, his freedom from fear. We're going to ask him to send his angelic watchers and deliverance and protection for us. And so uh, uh, it's hard sometimes, I know, for many people to pray, but prayer is the war. It literally is the war. And God's word is is our weapon. And so tonight we're going to just stop for a moment and I'm going to pray this prayer over us. And then I'm going to share a, a dose of hope with you. Let's pray. Father, I just, uh, I just bless you tonight. I praise you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is true. And I thank you, Lord, that when we pray your word, we are praying uh, your will. And we are praying according to your way. And so tonight, Lord, I just pray that... Uh, that he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save us from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover us with His feathers, and under His wings we will find refuge. His faithfulness will be our shield and rampart. You, O Lord, will not uh, cause fear in us by ter the terror of the night, nor the arrows of the that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at our side, ten thousand at our rights at our right hand, but it will not come near us. You will observe with your eyes, we will observe with our eyes, and see the punishment of the wicked, if we make the most high our dwelling, even the Lord who is our refuge, then no harm will befall us, no disaster will come near our tent. For you, O Lord, will command your angels concerning us to guard us in all our ways. They will lift us up in their hands so that we will not strike our foot against the stone. We will tread on the lion and on the cobra, and we will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves, because you love us, because we love you, O Lord, says the Lord, I will rescue you and I will protect you, for you acknowledge my name. We will call upon you, O Lord, and you will answer us. You will be with us in trouble. You will deliver us and you will honor us. 
with long life, Lord, your word says you will satisfy, satisfy us and show us your salvation. Lord, we pray your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, tonight I want to I want to share just a, a few moments and 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 give you what what I call a, a dose of hope. I I said last week that uh, whenever as a child uh, I, I got sick, my mom and dad would give us what they called a dose of medicine. It didn't matter what we did, how much we argued, how much we cried, and 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 refused to open our mouth. Eventually, that dose of medicine would uh, would go in our mouth and. And we'd have to swallow it. And what would happen is that that dose of medicine would would bring a cure. It would bring restoration to our bodies. And and I believe that that hope is is a way that God uses, uh, like medicine does, to restore us. And so I want to share with you tonight a little bit. And just I'm going to be honest and a little bit bold tonight because I, I believe the church needs to hear it. But I also believe that people who are not a part of the body of Christ. They are looking for hope. They're looking for something to put their faith in. And uh, hopefully tonight, the, uh, Jesus will introduce himself to you. Uh, this is Holy Week uh, for Christians around the world. This is the week that we as Christians celebrate the suffering and the passion of Jesus Christ our Lord. We're, we're celebrating uh, the Lord Jesus, who, who paid for the sins of the world by his death on the cross, Jesus uh, became our atoning sacrifice. Uh, he became the full payment for the sins of, of the world. He became the substitute and the satisfaction for my sins and for your sins uh, as he willingly offered his innocent, his sinless life as a substitute and a satisfaction for our sins. Uh, he pushed us literally out of the pathway of death. Death was about to run us over, but he pushed us out of the way and he took our place in line. This Easter season, uh, we honor uh, the Lord Jesus' death, but we also celebrate his resurrection. This year, we're going to do it in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, we're going to do it with sickness and death and economic uncertainty uh, with layoffs and furloughs and firings and shortages and, and shelter in place. And for many, there's, a, there's also a sense of helplessness and a sense of hopelessness. Contrary, though, to what you hear from the multitudes of talking heads who, who hold court from the information outlets across our nation, uh, across our country, and they dispense what they deem news and necessary data and information outlets as our, across our nation, and they give us what they think we need to hear so that they can condition and control the way we think. Easter and Holy Week are not religious celebrations. Uh, they are celebrations of what I would call reality. They are reality celebrations, a celebration of God's truth, not my truth, not your truth, not anyone else's truth. They're a celebration of God's truth. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross his subsequent burial in a tomb, and his resurrection three days later on Easter morning are historical facts with enough evidence based on uh, eyewitness accounts to sway any unbiased jury in its favor. It's a, it's a reality, regardless of, of what anyone says or chooses to believe. What a person says or chooses to believe does not change what Jesus did. It's a God fact. Think about this with me for a minute. What Jesus did was prophesied throughout the Old Testament. 
it was seen in, in, in the multitude of the, of the temple sacrifices that took place in the tabernacle and then later in the temple in Jerusalem. It was celebrated on that very first Passover night uh, before Israel was, was taken by the Lord God and led out of slavery in Egypt, and they left Egypt in their rearview mirror. The sin debt of humanity requires the blood payment of a sacrifice, a sacrifice without uh, spot, without blemish, in essence, without sin. And none of us could pay it back. None of us could pay that sin debt. So God, the Son, came to this planet, and he took on human flesh. He became one of us, and he became one of us to pay the debt of Adam so that he could pay the debt of all the sons and the daughters of Adam as well, which are you and me. He came to pay the sin debt of all of humanity, the whole of humanity. Two members of the Jewish high council, known as the Sanhedrin, and a, and a group of faithful women laid the dead body of Jesus in a tomb. You say, well, I'm not real sure he was dead. Well, let me give you some some proof. Uh, in a court of law, it takes two witnesses uh, to, to be believable. And based on the, the record, there was a soldier who pierced the side of Jesus and blood and water came out. That soldier pierced his side to make sure he was dead. They were in the process of breaking the legs of the, of the other two individuals who were crucified that day with Jesus. And because Jesus appeared to be already dead, they pierced his side, which proved that he was, which, by the way, fulfilled a prophecy not, that not one bone in his body would be broken. So there's the, there's the, the testimony of, a, of one of the, the, the soldiers on the execution squad. There's also the testimony of the centurion who commanded the detail that did the crucifixion. He, he realized when Jesus died, he said, truly, this, this is the Son of God. And then there's the, the final testimony, which is given by the, uh, the very Roman governor of Palestine, Pilate himself. Pilate uh, makes sure that Jesus is indeed dead before he gives his body over to uh, Joseph of Arimathea and over to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus and, and Joseph of Arimathea, along with these women, lay Jesus' body in a, in a freshly hewn tomb that's cut out of limestone. And it was sealed with a stone. And it was sealed with a, an official seal that if broken, uh, the person who broke the seal would be uh, 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 under the penalty of death. Three days later, God accepts and he validates the payment of Jesus Christ on the cross in full by raising Jesus from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not here today to prove to anyone that this is true. I'm simply here today to proclaim the reality of it, which is the ultimate dose of hope. Genuine hope is not hope so. Genuine hope is a fixed assurance and a present expectation that God will do everything that he promises. The resurrection is God's assurance that he will do everything he has promised down to the teeniest and the tiniest, the smallest of details, regardless of what someone else might tell you. That is reality. That's not religion. 
Religion is an empty system filled with do's and don'ts, rules and regulations, and endless steps and ascending requirements devised by human beings uh, who lack control and refuse to accept the simplest solution that God could give, the simplest solution that God could provide. Jesus, who, who united with human flesh through the incarnation and the virgin birth, who lived a sinless life, died on a Roman cross and was resurrected from death, did not come to start a religion. No. Jesus, who, 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 who died on that cross and was raised from the dead, he came to declare the reality of God's promises, to demonstrate the veracity of God's love for every human being, to be God's unique solution, to be God's unique solution for our sin. Jesus came and he accomplished his miraculous work, not simply to give us hope, but to be the source of that hope because Jesus is hope. He is our hope, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the turmoil or the tribulation or the pandemic you find yourself in right now. Jesus is not a religious figure. He is the reality of God's offer of unconditional love and eternal life offered to every person. I want you to listen just for a moment to a passage of scripture that's written uh, by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, before he became an apostle, was once a persecutor of the followers of Jesus Christ. But he was upended and apprehended by the love and the grace and the mercy of the risen Savior. Paul says this in Romans chapter 4, verse 24, and I'm going to read through verse 5, verse 9. He says, but for our sake also, to whom it will be reckoned. And, and that word reckoned means to be charged to our account, to whom it will be reckoned as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered up because of our transgressions, that word transgressions means our sins, and was raised because of our justification. That word justification means that Jesus exchanged his righteousness for our sinfulness. He gave us his righteousness. He made us right before God. We stand before God in the righteousness of Christ, not in our own personal righteousness. And he took from us and placed in his account our sin. So it, we, he was raised because of our justification. Because of this, therefore, having been justified, made right by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith in hope, into the hope of the glory of God. Our introduction into this grace in which we stand, and we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace by which we stand, and we exult. That word exult's not the word exalt. It's, it's exult, E-X-U-L-T, and it means to jump for joy, to dance with abandonment. Paul says we, we exult, we dance for joy with abandonment in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult. And here's, here's what I want you to hear tonight, because this is not something you hear very often, even in the church. This is not something that we think about very often. Paul says this. He was a man who was, who was uh, familiar with suffering. He knew what suffering was like. 
He'd been beaten. He had spent the night in the deep. He'd been he had spent the night. Uh, he'd been shipwrecked. He'd been he'd been left for dead. He'd been stoned. He'd been held in prisons. And this is what he says. He says, "But we also exult. We also jump for joy. We dance with abandonment in our tribulation." Now listen. He didn't say for our tribulation. He said in the midst. Of our tribulation. In other words, Paul says, we rejoice even when we are in tribulation. Why? Knowing that tribulations bring about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for a good man, someone would dare even die. But God, listen to this, but God, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified, being made righteous by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him, through Jesus. Listen, religion cannot give you genuine hope. Regardless of what the religious flavor you practice, what what religious stream you, you, you swim in. Religion can't give you genuine hope. Religion can only give you hope so. But Jesus gives us no so. Genuine hope starts to shine when placed in the affliction of the furnace of trials and tribulation. Genuine hope uh, learns to, to walk and to talk and to shout and to fly and ultimately kicks down the doors of it can't be done through perseverance in the very face of death and destruction. Genuine faith is displayed for all to see through a character that has been proven under fire. That kind of hope, not, not hope so, that kind of hope will never disappoint. It will never leave you. That hope in Christ cannot be extinguished. Everything else is hope so rather than no so. Uh, some of you will be familiar with this name, uh, perhaps uh, most of you will be, but Karl Marx, uh, if, you're, if you're familiar with that name, you know that, that Karl Marx, uh, he was the founder of a, a philosophy, a, a movement called Marxism, which uh, birthed socialism and communism, which currently, for some reason, has intoxicated, seduced, and infected many of the talking heads, the media pundits, the politicians, and the purveyors of, of fake news. Karl Marx once said, and I want you to listen to me, because he's often misquoted here. Karl Marx said, religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of the heartless world, and the soul of soulless conditions. It's the opium of the people. Let me read that again. Religion is the sigh of the oppressed creature, the heart of a heartless world, and the soul of a soulless condition. It's the opium of the people. You see, Marx believed that, that religion was dope. Dope which reduced the immediate suffering of the people, 
and gave the pleasant illusions uh, that, that encouraged and caused people uh, to garner enough strength to, to carry on. In other words, it, it was a crutch that they used to get by. Listen, we don't need any more dope. What we need is genuine hope. And genuine hope is not found in religion. Genuine hope is found in a person whose name is Jesus Christ. The one who declares this. Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. Uh, John uh, the Revelator, as he uh, is caught up in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a vision, he's caught up into heaven and he sees the resurrected Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus says to him, he says, do not be afraid. I want you to hear that tonight. Wherever you're at, in whatever situation you're in, whatever the circumstances that you face, do not be afraid. And then he tells us why. I am the first and the last. I am the Alpha and the Omega and the living one. And I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and of Hades. Death and the grave is literally uh, what he says there. Don't be afraid. Tonight, if your hope is wavering, then I want you to take a long, careful look at its place of origin. Where did your hope originate? Is it God-centered or is it man-centered? Is it the residue of, of some religious teaching or the result of the resurrection? Is it dope for numbing? or hope for overcoming? Only you can answer that. As for me and mine, I will celebrate the finished work of Jesus Christ this week, this Holy Week, and especially on this Easter Sunday, just like I did last week. I will celebrate with praise, I will celebrate with worship, and I will exalt the risen Christ with all my heart, regardless of what happens tomorrow or next week or next month or in the future. You know why? Because my future is secure. My future is settled. My future is sustained in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's not my truth. That's God's truth. And his truth is my reality. So what about you? My friend, my dear friend listening right now, that is a dose of hope. That's not the dope of hope's sake. I want to encourage you. I want to pray for you. Perhaps you don't know Jesus and you don't have this hope tonight. Scripture says that if you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will confess with your mouth that he is Lord and he is Savior, that God will save you. Listen, the only way you find hope is to surrender to Jesus Christ. He doesn't require anything of you. He gives you everything. And you can do that right now, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. I'm just going to ask you to pause. And I'm just going to ask you to surrender. You put it in the words you need to put it in. I don't, I don't need to pray that prayer for you. Just say, Lord, I surrender. I give up. I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. I accept it in Jesus' name. Help me. And if you did that, if you did that, right now, you belong to Jesus Christ. You have a dose of hope that's eternal. 
You don't have religion. You have a relationship. I want to pray and, and, uh, and, and just encourage you, especially uh, those of you that are part of the Eagles Wing family. Uh, I miss you. Uh, I miss uh, seeing you. I miss uh, responding to you. I miss uh, uh, singing with you and worshiping with you. But you know what? We're going to get through this. I want to encourage you. Call people. Send emails. Check on people. Touch base. Pray. Pray. Pray for our nation. Pray for our nation and pray for our world. I believe God will respond to the prayers of his people. He gives us that promise. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you for his death on the cross. Thank you, Father, for raising him from the dead, which validates that his payment was enough. Lord, I thank you that you have given us life eternal and life abundant and that we can enjoy that in a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that you would stop this pandemic in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, we love you and we praise you. We ask you to guide us and gift us and protect us. Use us in your service uh, over the next few days. And Father, I pray on Resurrection Sunday. I pray that the, the, the celebration of your body, of your bride, will come forth in, in, in waves that cannot be ignored. I pray that your church will rise up and declare that you are risen, that the grave is empty, that you are alive. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.